0: The Nights of Entertainment, a podcast covering your favorite and unknown movies, games, comic books, anime, and more weekly. We appreciate you being here and hope you enjoy the show. I've uh, got a few things to cover tonight, so let's go ahead and get
1: started. Yes. We start with, of course, Cozy Nights with a K instead of the N because <laughs> it makes more sense. <clears throat> and, of course, it's a segment of the show, uh, kind of like a little bit of like a talk show, but more like a variety show where we cover different topics that I enjoy. Uh, we start with the news, the weird news that I like to... Uh, research and uh we start with uh actor pierce brosnan <laughs> uh this is all from the uh associated press on my it's an app on my phone i just go through news uh cycles once a day and see what they got so basically uh he's doing court uh for a mandatory mandatory court appearance on january 23rd for trespassing in an off-limits area in yellowstone park he got he got two federal citations and uh, he wasn't there to make a movie. He was there just as a sightseer. Yeah. And he just kind of wandered off in his own little spot, and they caught him. What part is blocked off in Yellowstone? The geysers, where you huh? blow your face off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was in uh, Mammoth uh, Terrace, which is the northern part of Yellowstone. And uh, you know, people are probably wondering, well, that's kind of excessive. It's not. The geysers, millions of people visit Yellowstone every year. And some of them go off bounds, and when the guys go off, they get burnt real bad, and that's why there is there is heavy fines, there is um, a jail time, and uh, a banishment from uh, the park if they catch you off bounds. So they, they have to basically punish you to keep you safe. Right. Is how it works nowadays. Because people are stupid. And they will go off and, you know, get scolded to death. Yeah. So Pierce Brosnan, you know, he, so he's going. He, even the James Bond can't escape, Vegas, can't escape a federal citation. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens on January 23rd. And more than likely, there's no jail time. He's going to get some. Oh, if he's going to get a massive fine is what's probably going to happen. Probably. to send an example, maybe. And
0: probably banned.
1: Damn, they're going to ban James Bond from Yellowstone Park?
0: He's James Bond. He's supposed to find a way back in.
1: Maybe. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> story number two. This, by the way, that one was the 28th of December. A story happened. Uh, written by, let me give credit here, by uh, Mead Groover. This next one doesn't have a writer on it. But uh, uh this uh, TV presenter and actress, uh, Anastasia I- Ivleva, if I can say that right, she hosted a holiday party at a Moscow nightclub mm-hmm. in, in Russia. Oh yeah, Russia—the funnest place on earth. And
0: Everybody's a, a a a whoa or a ooh.
1: <laughs> they sent my nickname to. Oh, you assholes! My cousin's. I moved my nickname in the two group chat to something else. Uh, okay, so uh, she hosts. She was hosting a party, and uh, all the you know, like the the uh, celebrity elite. Of Russia, like you know, every country has their own actors or famous people that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Like you have global famous people like like soccer players that everybody looks soccer they know, right? Then you have smaller uh, country level celebrities that if they went to a different country, they'd be like who the fuck are you, right? Basically, and uh, that she was like, I yeah, guess she's one of those, I've never heard of her ever. And uh, she had a dress code for the party, which was uh, dress almost naked. So you could go as naked but not fully naked. Right. Like as close to being naked as you humanly possibly can, which is just I like guess put a sock over your cock and balls. And you're good. And so the pictures got out on the um social media and there was a public outcry. Uh, one of them, a rapper by the name of uh, Vasayo, his real name is Nikolai Vasan. Vassil- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vasalivi. Vasilev, I can't say his name, I'm sorry, uh, Vasilev, Vasilyev. yeah, Vasilev, I learned how to read Russian, by the way, names due to Tom Clancy's books back when I was a kid, <laughs> so I, I, I'm a little rusty, but I can't remember, and all he had on was a sock over his genitals, which is what I just <laughs> he got arrested and fined $2,000 for pet, uh, petty uh, hooliganism and uh he would the fine was because of uh violating the country's propaganda law. So uh twenty people filed that then twenty two people filed a t one billion dollar ruple. One billion dollars is only eleven million dollars in America. Really? One billion ruples. Uh they filed it against uh if i leva. I should've probably rehearsed these. I'm just riffing off. Uh they claim they suffered moral damage from you and the party photos. I'm like, "Don't fucking look at them then." <laughs> like their their eyes were just destroyed. They're like, "Oh my god, I'm a homosexual now because of these photos of this guy swinging his dick in a sock." <laughs> I read any monetary compensation. <laughs> well, to be fair, they were going to give donate the money to the military effort, I guess. So it wasn't like they were just looking for a handout. Because right. in Russia, everyone's all about, you know, the, the country first. Communism, look how well it does. There's communist communism, supposedly. Yeah, probably not. Supposedly. <clears throat> I don't see uh, Putin, you know, tending his farm. You know what I mean? <laughs> he seems rather rich. <laughs> and so uh, this lawyer, Yulia uh, Fedotova, quoted, quoted saying, this is a hard quote, by the way, People can gather half-naked or naked or in quilted jackets over thongs. Socially disapproved does not necessarily equal illegal. They were basically treated like it was a crime, what they did. Right. They were having a private party. Some pictures got out. They should not have gotten in trouble for it. They did because it's, it's a private party. And it's, you know, country Russia's a crackdown on everything. So they ruined their—all They ruined their. All these celebrities were apologizing. I apologize for having a dick. My dick in a sock. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the news. Funny as always to me, anyway. <laughs> the things I enjoy. We'll see what how f- follows for forward. Sorry, guys. It's our first day back, so we're kind of riffing. It's not. It's very informal. So you're enjoying an informal, uh, talk show. <laughs> so next we move on to cozy kitchen, which I you know it's my little uh, food segment because I love eating food. I'm I'm a beach whale. <laughs> A beluga, a beluga, and uh, I, I found these recipes on uh, the Andyand.com. You can find the the full recipes on there. These are like just an oversight, but I found this interesting because basically the the great the, the most fascinating thing to me about food is you can take the same thing, and if you tweak it with various uh, additives to it, it becomes a whole different uh, food. Mm-hmm. So basically, these are eight. Uh, rice recipes all with the base of jasmine rice and they're all wildly different like this food is just so amazing who doesn't love to eat (laughs) I guess an anorexic yeah that makes sense eat some food is what i'm saying all right so we start with the number one uh garlic butter rice all you need is olive oil butter yellow onion minced garlic jasmine rice of course broth salt and pepper done it's no longer jasmine rice it is now uh garlic butter and then on the and then to completely change the same thing turmeric rice olive oil butter yellow onion minced garlic jasmine rice turmeric broth and bay leaf and you have a completely different looking rice like 100 percent different by the way i tried this one right i made this recipe you know what happened it didn't taste like anything like there's like i don't know how to explain it it didn't taste like it wasn't good What? it wasn't bad It didn't taste like anything. You know, like even white rice has a flavor. This did not have any flavor. I was eating nothing. I've never had a food that I did not like or did not hate because it was so bland. I just kept eating it, thinking like the flavor, like maybe it would have an after flavor. I don't know what I did wrong with turmeric rice, but it, it didn't taste like a single thing in my life. I'm like, what is there's no there's nothing there's I had no frame of reference to figure out whether I liked it or hated it because it didn't taste like anything. (laughs) Hopefully, I'm not the only one because it was I I spent an hour cooking this food. There was no aftertaste. There was was nothing. (laughs) I was just eating rice, cooked rice. flavorless. (laughs) Flavorless. You know what flavorless (laughs) rice tastes like? Nothing. I've never eaten nothing before in my life. Now I don't know like, what it tastes like. Eating the void. Yeah, it was weird. Like I'm just eating it and eating it. And it's like not nothing. I've never like I, everything has a flavor that you eat or a taste. You don't like it. Even blandness has a flavor. It's bland. This was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a treat. laughs> I thought I had COVID. I was like, I can't eat nothing. <laughs> All right, next we move on to Spanish rice. My people's rice. <laughs> You got uh, olive oil, butter, yellow onion, minced garlic, jasmine rice, broth, tomato sauce, and tomatoes for some fucking reason, and spices. It doesn't say what spices, cause you gotta go look up the uh, actual recipe. But just throw a bunch of spices in there. <laughs> Hopefully they don't blow up. They don't blow up in your face. And next up, we have cilantro lime rice. By the way, the the the, the pictures here, they're all vastly different looking. Mm-hmm. With the same base rice, they're all a hundred percent different. Damn, I love food. See now, cilantro rice can taste good or bad. Oh, let's find out what cilantro lime rice which <laughs> All you need is olive oil, butter, yellow onion. They also have the same kind of like base uh, ingredients at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, jasmine rice, broth, limes, and cilantro. Maybe it's like depending on how much lime you use. Maybe like it becomes too. For me, it's how much cilantro you use. Cilantro,
0: because for me, cilantro has a soapy taste. <laughs> what? Tastes like soap? Kind of, yeah. Ish. To me. Oh. Like, I don't know what it is. It just has a, like an aftertaste of like you just put soap in your mouth.
1: That's weird. Growing up Hispanic. (laughs) You're, yeah, you throw cilantro (laughs) on everything on top of all the tacos. Like I said, it depends on how much. (laughs) Next we got broccoli cheddar rice.
0: That's always good.
1: Olive oil, butter, broccoli, jasmine rice, broth, garlic powder, and cheese. Mm -hmm. Basic and easy. Exactly. Everyone everyone should learn how to cook, by the way. It is a necessity. It's like a fundamental necessity of human uh life right now. And it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. If you what you, what you, what you lack is not that you don't know how to cook, mm-hmm. is that you don't you lack the energy to want to cook because it is a time-consuming process sometimes. And something you want you get off work and you're like, fuck it, McDonald's. <laughs> You know, what and, I mean? and, and you know, to be fair, most of the
0: recipes, you can go off a little bit of the recipe. You don't have to, as Uncle Roger would say, you use
1: feeling. <laughs> I always feel. I'd rather say go with the recipe until you know it 100%, and then you can deviate. No, that's what I'm saying, but you can. The only thing you cannot
0: deviate when you cook is baking. Oh, uh, the cookies and stuff? Yeah, because if you go off of that, like if you fuck something up on that, oh my they're God. harder. They're harder than <laughs> cinder
1: blocks. <laughs> Get a cookie that you can bust up a, a, a lip. Biscuit that can sink a submarine. <laughs> Popeye, you know dry as fuck. The driest <laughs> biscuit known to man. <laughs> Next we got uh, taco rice. Olive oil, butter, yellow onion, jasmine rice, broth, tomato sauce, green chilies, and taco seasoning. Looks delicious. It's even got a different color than Spanish rice, but it mm-hmm. looks almost like a like a darker, deeper color. Yeah. It's the taco seasoning. This one I probably would never try: uh, coconut pineapple rice, coconut milk broth, jasmine rice, soy sauce, and pineapple. You don't want that? I don't want. It, I don't want it on my pizza. I don't want it in my rice. I don't want it in my life. <laughs> That's uh, it. Sounds something. Put that damn pineapple upside down. Let's have an orgy. You didn't know that the upside down pineapple? <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, my brother lives by a place that uh, well, they have one of those. What's the address? Just for, for research reference. <laughs> Next up is Cajun rice. So there's no shrimp in this, by the way? <laughs> I'm going to be dead honest with you. <laughs> but that'd be shrimp, Cajun rice. I guess, yeah. Olive oil, butter, yellow onion, bell pepper, jasmine rice broth, Cajun seasoning, and bay leaf. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our food for today. There's, there's a multitude of ways to cook jasmine rice. Apparently, yeah. There's probably even more than that.
0: You can also use it to make, uh, like, uh, onigiri, which is those rice
1: bowls. You can use it for that. Sounds like an attack. It is an attack from Zoro from One Piece. Oh, onigiri, onigiri. Yeah, it actually is. Is one of his attacks? Bryce Paul attack. Yeah, basic. God, <laughs> yeah. oh, you gotta love. Uh, we'll be going deeper. Like I think the last video we had was the uh the fool's loaf. That gargantuan peanut butter and jelly sandwich that killed the King Elvis Presley. That was rumored to kill him, Yeah. Yeah, oh man, that thing was a beast of a, a sandwich. So you can at least make some of this healthy. Not my way. <laughs> but i put it on a pizza. Put the rice on top of pizza? Yeah, basically, oh my god. You know how carb heavy that would be? I don't know what carbs are, but keep them out of my life. That's bread. That's rice. It's all the only thing I have in my life that makes me happy <laughs> is carbs. in. all right. So now we move on to the main segment. Um, if you've seen the old older videos, you've seen us do uh, movie reviews and stuff. And uh, if you've seen the very first video, the the first episode of South Park, I did was a hugely deep research. because I don't. I guess I spent like two weeks researching it. And uh, I guess I've fallen kind of on the wayside of that. Like, it's been, like, really haphazardly research. Like, I just watch it, like, ah, it's bullshit. <laughs> but from now on, now that I've weaned off of streaming services because I'm broke, more like I've been forced off the tit of streaming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even with Tubi being free, it's also not as... Uh, uh, like, just watching a DVD and, like, really watching, like, the first you watch the, epi- the the movie or the TV show, the episode. Then you have all these special features, like the commentary and the interviews and trailers. And, like, I just want, like, so from now on, I'm going to do very deep dives in movies and TV, but over the span of several weeks. So it would be the same movie for a couple of weeks. As I watch more, like, if I watch the movie first, then I'll watch the commentary if it's got it. i watch any special features it has, just to not understand it from the very... Uh, center of it all the way out And we're gonna start with the movie that I enjoyed That you and me saw in theaters <laughs> Oh shit that was loud There we go If you, Do you remember Unfinished Business With Vince Vaughn Back in We, we saw it back in 2015 Oh fuck really? Yeah <laughs> We went to theaters to watch it Let's see. I'll, I'll, Here's what here's I'll remind you They were in the bathroom once in Germany And uh, Dave Franco uh, James Franco's brother, he was a little bit like, uh, uh, his character was, I guess, autistic. Mm-hmm. And he fell on a penis. Like, that penis touched my face. Uh, and he that. shook the penis hand, when, and he shook the penis one time. It got kind of hard in my hand. Yeah, you up. remember that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's crazy about that movie. I still have Max, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO Max. And so that's where I watched it a couple of days ago. I watched the movie three times already in the last week. Cause it's so perfectly like it just goes from point to point without any like uh, weighing down with bullshit plot or story or mm-hmm. scenes. Like it's just a, a tightly written, well crafted story. To me, no one liked it. It was, it was a bomb office a box office bomb. Thirty five million uh uh budget, fourteen million revenue. Oh god, that's that's bad. <laughs> they didn't, didn't even break halfway, <clears throat> but I really enjoyed it, and life is crazy because i'm watching this movie right like man uh it'd be great if they made a sequel and then uh yesterday or the day before i found out that one of the actors in it uh the oldest one because you got vince vaughn uh let's see uh you've got let's see here the cast you got vince vaughn as daniel dan truckman the main uh character Mm -hmm. you've got dave franco as mike pancake the, the side character he's like the younger one and uh, so it's like midlife is uh, uh Vince Vaughn uh newbie and uh, young is uh Dave Franco and then the old veteran is uh Timothy McWinters played by Tom Wilkinson who died a couple of days ago oh did he yeah I didn't know that crazy isn't it like I'm watching this movie and like I'm watching this actor right and then two days later he dies like how weird to watch the, at the time you know yeah and I love this character in this movie. I just want to have sex one time in wheelbarrow position. One of his, yeah, you remember the wheelbarrow? <laughs> and then Dave Franco tried to do it, but he had the He had the girl holding him up. Yeah. So I <laughs> now you're hurt. <murdering> <laughs> like just just put me down. My balls kind of hurt. Yeah. So it was it was just it was weird. Like, I'm watching this movie, right? And then I just, like, out of, like, I would have not have realized he died, right? Or have paid much, as much attention as I did, mm-hmm. and I not watched this movie just that moment. Right. i just be like, oh, another actor died. That's unfortunate. Uh, you know, um, uh, condolences to his family. But he's dead. I'm like, oh, he's de-. I was, I was dead. I was like, man, <laughs> I just watched him in Unfinished Business. Yeah. Man, that sucks. So basically, the movie... Uh, it follows uh, Vince Vaughn's character, and who he quits his job because he gets in an argument with his boss because he's the boss, uh, Chuck Portnoy, played by a woman, but her name is Chuck Portnoy. And I, they never explained why. Which makes <laughs> it was even funnier. Yeah, I guess it does. I'm like, why is your name Chuck Portnoy? And uh, he quits his job uh, because she was going to cut 5% of his income for the next year. He's like, I'm not, then 5% is a lot when you have a wife, two kids, a mortgage. So he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna start my own business and I'm, I'm gonna compete with you. And like, he's like, you're gonna compete with Dynamic? He's like, you're damn right. And the, the business is fucking random as fuck. It's called Metal Swarfing Selling Field. So they, they sell uh Swarf, which is like the metal residue after you make a bridge or something. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know what the fuck Swarf is. I know more about Swarf now than I did before I started the movie. <laughs> And we gotta get our numbers up we gotta we gotta fudge into the numbers so to make sure that you gotta convert it twice i'm like what if i'm not trying to sell we're gonna start selling swarf now <laughs> uh, knights of entertainment also selling swarf <laughs> knights of swarf you can buy your your own supply of swarf basically <clears throat> uh so uh he leaves the uh the job like he first he makes a speech like who wants to come with me and start a brand new company and no one comes with him he, he goes outside and he turns around and he's putting his stuff in his car and he notices that uh, Dave Franco, his character, and uh, Tom Wilkinson's character are are behind him. He's all excited. like, Oh, you guys decided to follow me. Like, no. Uh, Tom just got fired. But he still wants to work. So he joins uh, Vince Vaughn's character. Yeah. Uh, Dave had an interview there but didn't get the job. So he's like, well, let's see if you'll hire me. So uh, it fast, it's fast, it's basically, the movie is just uh, them trying to close the deal because it, it jumps from that moment a year later. And uh, they're trying to make this massive deal that'll really like support their company because if not, the company goes under. They, they can't even afford an office. They've been uh, working at Dunkin' Donuts for the last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they end up going to Portland to, to like, they, they really uh, go on talking about the handshake. The famous handshake, like if you get the handshake, even though it's not like a, that's like a tri honored tradition, the handshake. Right. So they're going to go to Portland to get the handshake and close the deal. And, uh, of course, Chuck's there also making the deal. So now they have to go back to principal uh, offers or something that uh, Mike said. And uh, I say that this movie has, uh, it has a, to me, it had a perfect balance of raunchy and relatable. Right, they had really raunchy moments. You're like Jesus, and then I had really relatable moments, like him and his wife, uh, Vince Vaughn's character and his wife, trying to uh, figure out what to do with their son who's getting really bullied at school, and uh, uh, they're trying to. She's trying to get uh, Mike or no Dan Dan Trugman, the husband, and try to get him to uh, agree to send him to a private school, mm-hmm. but that's nineteen thousand dollar tuition. And he's like, like he's worried about not closing the deal. Right, he won't be able to afford it. He's trying to stall her. He's like, oh, sh- I, I can't afford it right now. But and of course, his son's like getting super bullied. He's like, his he asked his he asked his son like, how many kids bully you in school? No, he's like, how many kids are in school? Uh, twenty six. Or in your class, twenty six, including him, right? Twenty six. Right. And how many kids are bullying you? Twenty five. I'm like, yeah. God, <laughs> you gotta stand up for yourself. <laughs> By the way, the, the kid's like three hundred pounds. Like six two, just start swinging. Yeah, like just start knocking these motherfuckers out. They'll get over it. <laughs> but they're they're trying to do a, an actual life lesson, like n- you know. Yeah, and uh, although it would be funnier if he just starts, start, start smashing on people. <laughs> and uh, so he's worried about that. Uh, Tom's character is wants to his. They all have a reason for needing this deal to get through. Mm-hmm. Tom's character. He wants to get the benefits from this deal because he wants to divorce his wife because he's he's that's the only woman he's ever been with romantically, and uh, she is a cruel human being. He says like she's cruel. You know what she looks like? She looks like that that vending machine over there. And it is a fucking a goddamn Pepsi machine. <laughs> and then and then my, uh, Mike Pancake, uh, Dave Franco's character, who's uh, uh I don't want to I don't know how to say it t- uh, tastefully. Like he's mentally deficient, but he's like. He's uh, he tries like he's smart in certain ways, you know what I mean?
0: So he's autistic,
1: I guess so. The number explains that in the movie, but his, he because he, he's socially awkward, right?
0: Yeah, but he's extremely smart at one thing, yeah, he's like really good at numbers in the, yeah, the
1: company, that's autism, and uh, or at least on the autistic spectrum. His his character is so like, like Dave Franco can act because you believe that he is that person in that movie, and then they don't make fun of him for being the way he is, <laughs> right? Like, they, they that's just how that's Mike. And uh, Mike's like, your wife looks like a square? And then Dan's like, that's a square to you? And he's like, Mike's like, yeah, yeah, a square. <laughs> he, he he knows you messed up. That's why he gets all nervous. And then he, uh, Dan does an, a, a rectangle shape. That right there, that's a square. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny exchange. This right here <laughs> is a square. So, yeah, uh, Tom wants to divorce his wife. And, but he wants to leave her with some money. He's not a completely asshole. He wants to leave her with a good f- uh, fund, retirement fund. And all he wants to do is have sex wheelbarrow style. Two times in the movie, Mike's like, So, how is it like a wheelbarrow? And then Dan's like, Could you hold her legs off? Fuck. Because <laughs> he explained it like three times already. <laughs> Just hold her legs off. Fuck. I love when he gets mad at Mike because he, he's like, Because like, Mike never stops asking random questions. Just a whole bunch of random questions. Now, by the way, Mike does the wheelbarrow position in the movie. He does it once, but he does it with the girl holding her him up. I don't know how he's in her, right? I guess he's in, like, I guess his dick is crushing his balls as it goes up. You know what I mean? Like, in your mind, look at it logistically, right? His dick would be pushed down and up, right? So it'd be, like, pressing up against his balls. and That's why he's like, my balls kind of hurt. And she's, like, it's funny because she's how willing of a partner she is. She's holding him upright and he's like, Did you, did that feel good? And she's like, No. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then later on, he meets a woman. By the way, Mike is a uh a magnet for women. Gets laid twice on his business trip. The second woman, uh he does the, the wheelbow position right. Right. The correct right. And he's like, It's so easy. It makes so much sense. <laughs> he was so proud of himself. Since he actually got it. <laughs> yeah. And freaking Tom, uh, during the Portland trip, before they go to Berlin, because the the Portland trip uh, Portland trip uh, uh, falls through, uh, he hires an, uh, uh, a a French maid, and, and unfortunately, it goes into Dan's room, and he gets the actual maid. So, uh, <laughs> Tom is sitting in the chair, right, watching this regular maid for the hotel do her <laughs> job, right. He's like, I like to see titty, and I'm not seeing enough titty from you. So if every once in a while, if you turn around let me see some titty, and I'm like, Tom, that's an actual maid. And then in Dan's room, the maid's, like, uh, basically asking him to jerk off. And Dan's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's a happily married man. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to need you to leave this building right now. <laughs> uh, it's a funny explain. So it's always the raunchy, but then the relatable. Right. The family stuff that he's trying to make sure his family's happy. His son's... uh. And his daughter, his, he's got this little, it's, I love this way they constructed the narrative for the movie. He does a narration, like voiceover, mm-hmm. but he does it in a way that makes sense in the movie. Because his daughter uh, wants, she's got this like uh, school uh, assignment that says, oh, who's your father? Or it says, who's your daddy? And he's about to explain his job, who he is, all this stuff. And he's trying to figure, like, uh, who's your daddy? Well, your daddy, he works for Swarf, and he, he does, it's a it's, uh, uh, metal runoff from big, you know what, fucking stupid. <laughs> it's boring shit. <laughs> like, he's in the narration, right? So it's a good frame for him to explain what the struggle is going on in with his job, with his kids, and frame it like where the, the voiceover makes sense. It's just some random, like, uh, godlike voiceover that just comes randomly, Right, right. And uh, uh, that's the relatable part. When he's like, uh, "Who's your dad? Your dad's a guy who's worried that if this deal doesn't get through, he's gonna have to fire two re- uh, really good men, and then your brother won't be able to afford to go to uh, this new school." But your dad is real worried right now. Like, it's like you, the relatable, and then like the funny. It's like, oh, it's such a good movie. And yet, somehow, it didn't do very well. I, I think isn't that weird? They just didn't mean that make. I'll make the I'll make the sequel. <clears throat> Unfinished business two. We'll have a we'll have a, a a a big picture of Tom as a as a remembrance because he won't be in the movie, and then we'll have Dave Franco come back as Mike Pancake. I can do it. I'll write this movie tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Like some movies just resonate with me, and this one, like, like I just felt like it was real, you know. And like for some reason, some real movies don't do well. Yeah, that's true. Some horrendously shitty movies do. And then, but, like, if more people saw Unfinished Bedness, I promise you, it's not, like, a perfectly well-written masterpiece, but it's right. a good movie. And you, you know how you know it's a good movie? If you can watch it multiple times within one week. Yeah. Like, could, could you watch Justice League twice and, and back-to-back? Fuck no.
0: Mostly the uh, the Joss Whedon one? No. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: as much as I love uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, right? I, I wouldn't watch it two there, in, in a row. i am like, oh, that's a long one. Yeah, that'd be a very long, long. But I watched freaking uh, "Unfinished Business" three times last week. Yeah, because I
0: even like with um, like Constantine, I can watch that a couple of times even, and I'm good.
1: You know, like it's not one of those kind of movies. It's like I don't want to see it. Anymore. Exactly. There's no drag in the movie, right? That like pushes pulls it down. That ruins like it's all perfectly level, uh, field. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. It's just all perfectly. It all like there's no excess weight in this movie and movies sometimes have scenes that make no sense yeah or like they make sense but they're so dragged out you're like god dang
0: That's what a lot of people had an issue with that uh lord of the rings on amazon they said it drug on too long i don't blame them those movies are long and the show the show itself anyway but the like oh, <clears throat> there was a thing going around saying what movie would you watch for a million dollars non-stop for a week for a week
1: Right now, would be unfinished business. Just nonstop. I watch Kick-Ass. I actually watch Kick-Ass for a week straight. I don't know why. Like No, like
0: every every waking moment. I, I gotta eat and shit. I know. But aside from that, oh. uh, you're watching one movie over and over and over and you have to watch it.
1: It depends, really, honestly.
0: For me, I chose the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
1: All three of them? Because they're so long, but it's... And the third one, two, and the new one comes back. Like oh, you forgot all of Exactly. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. And it's not that boring,
0: at least for me, because it's got a bunch of lore and stuff like that where you can watch it. That's kind of how I feel with the uh, the unfinished business is that you can watch it multiple times and pick up on things you missed the
1: first time. Exactly. Just little little interesting tidbits you overlooked the last time. Like, uh, my thing is they're not dumbing down the movie for you. No, they never did. They, they, you know what I mean. They, that's a, that's the great thing about unfinished business was like they never explained really their job. Mm-hmm. You just listened to them talk about their job as people that knew their job. Mm-hmm. There was never a, po- a point where they were like they they stepped aside to to tell a stranger like that would be the 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 surrogate of you mm-hmm. like some random person like what's Swarf like oh Swarf is all this and that. I guess they did it once during like their, the moment they were smoking pot. Mm-hmm. But they're like, uh, they didn't really, they didn't do like a huge explanation. Like, I would just sell Swarf, just metal runoff. And one of them was like, that's boring. Like, yeah, it's boring as hell.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of movies that do that now. Like the new ones that are coming out. They explain every little detail about what's going on. Don't I'd be, rather see it, not hear it. Don't be mad, but
1: anime does that a lot. Depending on the anime, yes. I know, I know freaking Witch was like, a god dang encyclopedia. The first yes. few episodes, I'm like, okay, that yes. guy. Yeah, the upside is that after that, it didn't have all that. Like they were so filled to the brim on everything. By the writer ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> so yes. I guess that's everything. K- Kubo, yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of shit to say. So, Oh, uh, well, that's like uh, with uh,
0: Death Note. Death Note did that, too.
1: Death I'm, Note, Death that Note, to a goddamn degree, I will never see again. Oh, my he God. He would explain, like, he explained how he had a, a, a trap set up to where he hid his his notebook underneath his uh, freaking shell, uh, his... Uh, the what, what was it? The, uh, the Death Note inside the drawer. The drawer, and he's like, "I got this, this whole plan. This whole..." I'm like, "Just see what, 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 what?" I was like, "What?" Like, but
0: they went into minute detail in it, and it was fine. But then when they did it on everything
1: like that, it's like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the restaurant eat the sandwich. We're gonna order it at seven fifteen because it's seven thirty five. And they're like, "What? You just gotta eat some food?" And a huge explanation to eat some food. That's that's one thing that I don't like about some of those uh, Sherlock Holmes movies too. I tell you, sir, I love those movies. They're fine, but he do, he does go into way too much detail. But that's like that too much. That's the end, though. It's like the detail is to let you know. Well, to be fair, uh, he goes into detail that you don't even notice throughout the movie. Yeah, I'm like, well, first of all, you none of that shit I saw till the till you told me about it just now. Yeah. Uh, with the Robert Downey Jr. ones, yes. they kind of cheat. Well, like they they didn't show me anything I could have solved it myself with. I was like, you assholes never cheat with detective movies yeah what the detective sees you also need to see what information he has you also need to have
0: right that's what i was saying though they did they kind do, of, yeah just, it's just like a small little nitpick but that's something that uh unfinished business doesn't do they don't go in and explain every
1: little thing to you Nah, such a beautiful which is thing. nice then they have this scene where they're uh, dave franco slapping some japanese guy Every time they take a shot, they got to do a, sla- a slap shot. <laughs> and then they end up in that, like, little hamster ball. Yeah. And he, and then he like, uh, he's sleeping, in it, and then he wakes up, and the Japanese guy comes up from the bottom of the screen, and he's like, what are you doing here? And the Japanese is like, oh, he points to his cheek right like, you want me to slap you? It's kind of making me a how much you want this. But <laughs> like he slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> so I, I ended up uh, ordering the DVD. I don't know how many special features are on the movie. So if if we don't talk about it again, it's because there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing else to add. But it doesn't come out to like the it doesn't I don't get till the like 9th or 10th January. Oh really? So I got to go, I got to go to uh uh Stock tomorrow or the next day and pick up a DVD and fucking burn through that. And you know, anything with a lot of features on it, I'll, I'll check out. Yeah. But uh yeah, we'll do some heavy dives. I'm going to know everything about that DVD. Just like the first episode of South Park if you guys go back that shit was heavily detailed hey but you know what
0: though whenever you go into that you actually understand what they were thinking and how they got that idea for that movie
1: yeah which is I guess what I've been missing is just like knowing it from the ground up right instead of just like watching a movie on streaming and then just you're done the top down view yeah yeah. the finished product basically yeah, yeah (laughs) so that is it for the main segment we just talked about unfinished business in the most haphazard way so that's how we do it. Uh if you enjoy it, go watch it. It's an awesome movie. I hope you if you don't enjoy male genitalia, don't. <laughs> There's dick everywhere.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. What we got for Urban Dictionary today? Oh, no problem. This time I found out that Urban Dictionary lets you have a Oh, by the way, they do get they do get the handshake at the end of the movie. I'd be back. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Urban Dictionary. I lost it. Here it is. They have a bookmark feature. So all you got to do is type the bookmark, and you can keep the uh definition. I've been writing these longhand. I don't know why. <laughs> it's my nature to write longhand. <laughs> so I'm pulling out uh, 10 definitions at a time from now on. Go to my bookmark, bookmark find out which one was the last one, and then go up from there. So we start with, uh, this one was by N- Not O'Bright, uh, September 20, 20 uh, 2005. Uh, M-O-O-N, Moon. Moon. <clears throat> it's a long one. How everything is spelled according to Tom Cullen from the book The Strand by Stephen King. And then here's a huge bunch of uh, examples. Everybody's always talking about what a dull city this is since the roller rink went, uh, went bust. And there's just a drive-in theater out on Route 61, and all they show is them diddly-daddly pictures, and they're all rated X. M-O-N- M-O-O-N, that spells X. Uh, all right, I'm ready, Laws. Yes, M-O-O-N, that spells ready. So you just, it's just a random character trait. Yeah. Uh, Decorations is my hobby. M-O-O-N, M-O-O-N that spells hobby. <laughs> uh, Julie Lawry, your name's Tom, right? uh Tom Cullen Tom Cullen M O O N that spells Tom Cullen uh Ralph Brettner, name's Ralph Brettner, Tom Cullen I'm Tom Cullen M O O N that spells Tom Cullen I don't know his name cuz I can't read it sure wish I did though laws yes they're really out of context story uh, yeah. book excerpts by the way <clears throat> I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I have no idea either. Uh Nick hands Ralph a hastily scribbled uh, note of Ralph Brenner. Your friend's name here is Nick Andros. M-O-O-N. I guess that spells Nick. Uh woohoo. M-O-O-N. That spells Nebraska. <laughs> I got it, mister. I got it. You're just like old uh Albion Packalots, hired man. Tom Cullen knows uh what uh that what that is. M-O-O-N. That spells deaf and dumb. All right, <laughs> so now we move on to uh, something by uh, Creedmoor, October 12, 2004, finger test. <laughs> oh, okay, God. Yeah, no. A uh, test you to determine the smell of a vagina. <laughs> exactly what you thought it was. Uh, <laughs> <get a> it's <little, laughs> something like that, yeah. You Get a little on your finger, uh, give your partner a hug, and then you're when uh, when they're not looking, you smell your finger to see if you want, to, want it in your mouth. or <laughs> right, to see if you want to put it in your mouth. <laughs> Wait, to see if you want to put your mouth there. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's a good trick, though. A very good trick. Just shower. Ladies, just shower. generally, yes. All you need, don't worry, all you need is soap and water. That's all. Believe me, you don't need anything, any special chemicals or anything. Yes, you do. You do. Uh, just you soap and water, no. I promise. You need, you need to put some. You don't. You do. Soap and water. We were going to
0: agree to disagree on this.
1: True. <laughs> uh, Las Vegas Hour by <laughs> Dictionary and 117 on December 27, 2020. The hour in which anything can happen and will be forgotten and unmentioned as the next hour begins. So you can do horrendous stuff, apparently, on Las Vegas Hour. That called Ginger Farmer. Oh, God. An individual who only plowed redheads. <laughs> Something like that. At least he had to plow, like a farming thing. <laughs> this was by Nom Nom D, October 8, uh, 2011. That was Ginger Farmer. Next is Nikki, N-I-K-I. Never seen a Nikki spelled with just one K? one Yeah. Uh, this was by, written by Excelsior, December 7, 2011. Excelsior. Uh, by the way, uh, this is, uh, uh they, they hate this person, by the way. Someone got on here and they just wrote the meanest shit about this person. Whether it's true or not. Disc- it's always going to live on. On other oh, conditions. Oh, yes. Because they, they even give the name of the blanks. You can kind of narrow it down. So I apologize, but this is what's written on here. <laughs> this is not my words; these are. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading from Nikki. I will never try to offend anyone on purpose. I just read what's funny to me. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Nikki, a big fat bull dyke that steals from their <laughs> friends, neglects her Ill- illegitimate children, likes to do hot cocoa sex with scabies, Uh really. Written... What the fuck is hot cocoa? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just reading what I. Rid, uh, <laughs> hot cocoa sex with scabies ridden drug addicts for meth <laughs> lives in Shipville, longview washington there you go there's that arrow right there <clears throat> and will ultimately die and be forgotten there hideously ugly she single-handedly inspired into exist she single-handedly inspired into existence the word cunt of a bitch kill this bitch kill this nasty ogreish cunt on site if you ever are fortunate enough to lay eyes on her i don't know what this woman did <laughs> To this other person, but they do not like Nikki. He's an ogre. We don't know that she could just be a regular person. Maybe it's a guy that broke up with it, or that she broke up with and He's like, "Whoa, that's, how dare she?" Could be, but I don't know. You you never know. Sometimes there's there's, a, there's always that kernel of truth. Maybe I doubt it though. I think he's just someone's mad at Nikki. Nikki. This one is by a uh, a uh, footbucker, May thirteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, a Wellington bouncer. <clears throat> the Wellington bouncer is a very specific and tedious sexual act. Very specific and tedious is what got me. When done correctly, can achieve great results. The Wellington bouncer recruited two guys, one short, lightweight, and the other, another one tall and strong enough to care, uh, care, care two people. I didn't read that part. And one very flexible chick. So now we have one tall guy that's strong, one sk- short guy that's lightweight, and one flexible woman. The strong guy is basically carrying the little guy by his legs while the. (laughs) The strong guy is basically carrying the little guy by his legs while the little guy is sitting upright. Wait, so he's holding him up straight up. Disclaimer: The little guy's ass is going to be propped up on the strong guy's stomach. Yep, straight up. Then the girl is going to be held uh, by partially by the little guy's arms while he's piping (laughs) it. everything was so elegant that he just said piping it <laughs> meanwhile she stretched into a C position where she can suck the bigger guy off while at the same time holding on to the, his legs for support oh, that is fucking comp. oh I see now <laughs> so he's hitting it while he's holding him up and she's bending all the way over in between the guy's legs oh, god damn that is a complicated position that <laughs> hey, dude has to be fucking strong how strong are you Michael? <laughs> when I do this I'm short enough <laughs> We just need the flexible. <laughs> Next up is Gung Fu. Gung Fu? Gung Fu. Gung uh, Fu is a style of sophisticated close quarters gunplay seen in Hong Kong action cinema and in Western films influenced by it. It often resembles a martial arts battle playing out with the firearms instead of traditional weapons. So, Jackie Chan. He doesn't use weapons. Uh, but guns. there's guns against him. Rarely. There's always, like, they, for some reason, he always somehow magically knocks a gun away. Yeah. For With a frying it, pan. Yeah. A ladder. And then it's, like, a, it's just a straight fight for, like, 15 episodes where he uses a ladder. Did you ever hear that story about him and that
0: ladder, though? What? Where he said that he jumped through the ladder and smashed it on top of him where he got
1: both of his hands at the Eesh. same time. Heesh. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> uh, the focus of Gun was style and the usage of firearms in w- ways that were they were not designed to be used shooting a gun from each hand shooting from behind the back as well as the use of guns as melee weapons are all common other movies can involve shotguns uzis rocket launchers and just about anything that can be worked into a cinematic shot mm-hmm. It's often mixed with hand-to-hand uh, combat maneuvers Shit seems dangerous by the way doing like those kung fu moves and then you end up shooting your hand or leg by accident that's why they use proc guns like i like i didn't like movie wise right yeah but people are people and they'd be like i'm gonna do some kung fu and then blowing his brains out. On his own. Or shoot through his own arm. Exactly. A gunplay has become a staple factor in modern action film due to its visually appealing nature, regardless of its actual practicality in real-life combat situation. Thank you. <laughs> this is a contrast to American action movies of the 1980s, which focus more on heavily weaponry and outright brute force and firearm-based combat. We call that Arnold Schwarzenegger. That man was just brute force. He even goes into detail of the history of it not now cousin i'm busy uh before 1986 hong kong sim was firmly noted, rooted in two genres the martial arts film and the comedy or for jackie chan the martial arts comedy that's why he was so famous a mm-hmm. uh, gunplay was not terribly popular because audiences considered it boring compared to fancy kung fu moves or graceful swordplay of the wushu epics what movie cards needed was a new way to represent gunplay to show it as a skill that could be honed and uh, integrating the acrobatics and grace of traditional martial arts, and that's exactly what John Woo did. Uh, using all the visual techniques available to him—tracking shots, dollies, uh, dolly ins, slow mo—Woo created beautifully. Sh- uh, sh- uh. Why can't I say this word? I know what it is. Surrealistic. It's kind of weird that way, like surreal, mm-hmm. surrealistic. Action, that's what my brain just froze, <laughs> that were a guilty pleasure to watch. There is also intimacy found in the gunplay. Typically, his protagonists and antagonists will have a profound understanding of one another and will meet face-to-face. An intense Mexican standoff where they each point their weapons at one another and trade words. That is not a Mexican standoff. It makes it is three people. Yes. Whatever? You got that wrong? <laughs> uh, the Uh pop- yeah, Because if, if it's just two people, it's just a standoff. Yeah, Mexican standoff is three. Populated by popular... Uh, popularized by uh, the good, bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. the Mexican standoff at the end of the movie. The popularity of John Woo's films and the heroic bloodshed. By the way, none of them were Hispanic; they were all Italian. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> all the movies were those movies were uh, in Italy. I still love them. I'm Hispanic. I'm not devastated that it's an Italian guy. <laughs> Uh, the popularity of John Wu's films and the heroic bloodshed genre in general in the West helped give the Kung Fu uh, style greater visibility. Filmmakers like Robert Rodriguez were inspired to create action sequences and model in the Hong Kong style. One of the first to demonstrate this was Rodriguez's Desperate 1995. The Matrix was played, uh, played a part in making Kung Fu the most popular form of firearm-based combat in cinema worldwide. Since then, the style has become a staple of modern Western action films. Yeah. Written by Miss Kastani, Jack 2, September 1st, 2010. <laughs> A very heartfelt uh, in, uh, intro in the Urban Dictionary. Next up, senator ass. <laughs> Their firm, protruding buttocks belong to a very fit person resembling the mythical half man, half horse. Usually used as a compliment. Next up, big smokes. A uh, big smokes order. You ready for it? Big Smoke is a character from GTA San Andreas in the mission titled Drive Through. The crew goes to the Clucking Bell, a fast food restaurant. The crew all orders a decently sized meal, only for Big Smoke to order something consisting of over seven thousand calories. Yeah, <clears throat> Lord, I'll have the I'll have two number nines, a number nine large, a number six with extra dip, a number seven, <laughs> two number forty fives, one with cheese, <laughs> and a large soda. <laughs> I, I can't do his voice, but I hope I'm uh, adequate enough. <laughs> Last up is a uh, beardfish. Beardfish. A man who has grown an abundance of facial hair in order to make himself appear more attractive usually on Instagram. Upon shaving, he looks like a dolphin's butthole. <laughs> I'm sorry, a blowhole. But I decided. I knew but basically me because I have a beard. I don't shave it because I'm too fat. <laughs> That's the only reason. Instead of a dolphin, it's a beluga's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. But that is it for Urban Dictionary. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll have ten more next week. <laughs> Those are some uh, some some that actually is interesting. But some of it's like what the fuck. <laughs> and something segue from serious uh, intellectual uh cinematic history into uh cenotazan. <laughs> or Senator's whatever it said, the word was. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: All right, moving on into our breakdown today, our anime breakdown. Uh, no way asked me to do this one, so I'm doing this one. Hentai? The devil is a part-timer. Oh. <laughs> not hentai. I'm not doing that one for you. We got really close to one that we never aired. Just <laughs> <laughs> And I let that one go. Uh, All right, so the devil is a part-timer. Um, There are, I believe, 12 episodes in the first season, mm-hmm. which, not crazy, at least. Uh let's see. No, thirteen? Thirteen episodes. Yeah, thirteen episodes. Sorry. They have to throw you off by adding that oh that one extra.
1: That's always good. I always like the number 13.
0: Uh all right. So we have episode one. Uh the title is The Devil Arrives and Sasazuka. <laughs> already names that are yeah, like I'm already <laughs> where over my head. <laughs> I'm already getting the look like. All right, so in episode one, in another dimension where magic exists, the Dark Lord Satan wages a campaign with his four generals, uh, Adramelech, Lucifer, Alciel, and Malakota, to conquer the continent of Ente Isla. Is this like an
1: actual like country? It's like, a totally different world, like, and it's their country. Like their own little, it's like a whole actual world? hmm They got like Wi-Fi and like Facebook and stuff?
0: No, this is like a, a fantasy okay. world at this point and annex the human population under his realm of darkness. However, a brave hero appears, and leads the human armies against the dark forces, pushing them back into their stronghold. Here, Satan faces off against the hero, but with neither able to decisively defeat the other, and his arm- armies crumbling, the Dark Lord re- uh, retreats, and along with Alciel, opens a dimensional portal, and leaves their world. Vowing to return and conquer Ente Isla one day. The portal exits in modern-day Sasazuka,
1: Japan. <laughs> Sasazuka. Oh, by the way, have you heard of the, the earthquake in Japan? Huh. Yeah, the 7.5 uh, magnitude. Oh, shit, really? I hope they're okay. <laughs> on the western side of Japan. That rarely gets them that, that heavy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Anyway. I was
1: watching it on CNN, just watching like the whole house, just like, oh,
0: man. But a lot of their buildings were designed to actually withstand... Or something that we don't have. Not like you're in Lush, unless you're in San Francisco. Like, there's a lot of buildings, like old buildings that are in Japan, that are built with solid wood, but they don't use nails or anything. But they can shift slightly, and it doesn't hurt them, though. Cool. Kind of cool. All right. Uh, the portal exits into modern-day Sasuzuka Japan, and in addition to being shocked by their new human forms, Satan and Alciel are taken to the nearest police station, where Satan learns about a bit about the new world. Which, like, it has no magic in it. They're basically in our world. the boring. <laughs> no magic boring. Believe me, I know. As events progress, Satan and Seal get
1: new identities. Uh, Sadao Mao. <laughs> Sadao Mao. Is that their version? That's uh, <laughs> General Sal. <laughs> General Sal's chicken. <laughs> Sadao Mao. Sadao Mao and chicken and rice. And uh, Shiro
0: Ishia is uh, Seal at this point, mm-hmm. respectively. Secure a residence, open a bank account, and go job hunting. It if That You survive.
1: Know, bank account. I just imagine Satan standing in line. Of, man, the line ain't moving at all. <laughs> this old lady is trying to counter, like, trying to get her coins to exchange for money or for bills, right? Yeah. He's like, damn, I gotta get to work. <laughs> and while agreeing that Sadow,
0: which is Satan would work while Shiro, which is Alciel, takes care of the domestic needs. Quite the, the platonic... <laughs> so sometime later, on his way to his part-time uh, part time job at McRonald... <laughs> McRonald!
1: <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what company they're making. <laughs> he goes to go work at a McRonald franchise. By the way, you know there's a game coming out called Infestation 88? You know what the it's a it's a, a monster that's infesting this location. Mm-hmm. You know what the monster is? It's Mickey Mouse, <laughs> the original Mickey Mouse, the the original cartoon, the black and white, the one from uh, Steamboat Willie. Yeah, it's that Mickey Mouse because it's now domain. Yeah. Free. That's funny. <laughs> they wasted
0: no time. Yeah, everybody's going to start using that now, though, uh, and I think you can actually use the name Mickey Mouse. You just can't use the current version where I have Mickey Mouse. You could make some weird shit with the old steamboat Make Making mouths like, "Oh, this is fucking stupid!" Hole. What the fuck? Hole? I'm gonna get you! i all of you sons of bitches Oh. You're all gonna
1: He can't. He has to haw at the end or All
0: right. So Sadao encounters a beautiful, scarlet-haired girl at a crosswalk and offers her his umbrella to shield her from the rain. While at McRonald, Sadow Sadao not only experiences. <laughs>
1: McRonalds. They get you every time. They just basically took Ronald McDonald's name. Mc and Ronald, yeah. it, the mech on front. Mick Ronalds. Yes. You see how they got their name?
0: And it's not Mick, it's Mig-MG. Meg? McRonald's? Damn, they went hardcore. So now not only experiences a seemingly random mild earthquake, but faces a dilemma on whether to use his remaining magic to repair the broken friars. Hey man, you gotta work. You got no choice. Eventually, not getting the chance to. Nonetheless, while impressing his fellow co-worker, Chiho, Sasaki with his uh, people skills as well as his as the higher ups through his dedication, Sadao is able to secure a permanent position. Because he was part
1: time at this point. Now he's full time. He's, he's coming up to the world. Yeah. The king, the king of hell, <laughs> assistant manager <laughs> at wrongs.
0: As he excitedly pedals his bike home to tell Shiro. He is uh, once again confronted by the scarlet-haired girl who is revealed to be the hero from his dimension, uh, Emilia Justina. Was the hero a female in the other world? Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, you don't get that in the first episode. Um, Yeah. Yeah. that a Metris Prime thing going? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to know that, because it's supposed to throw you off at the end of this episode that she's the hero. Okay. Because he knows it, like when he sees her and figures and puts two and two together, but (laughs) he didn't think she'd follow him. He looks like a 16 year old now. So, yeah. Japan does love their young protagonist. <laughs> he goes from being this gigantically buffed 16 year old having to get a job at McRonald. So, we go into episode two. The title is The Hero Stays at the Devil's Castle for Work Reasons. Huh. So, in the wake of Satan and Alcio's departure from Inta Isla, Emilia and her comrades give chase. Back in present day Japan, Sadao tries to reason with Emilia now under the identity of Emmy Yusa, although she ignores and tries to attack him. Afterwards, they are both arrested and bring, uh, brought to a police station for questioning where the officer is in charge mistakes them for having a, quar- a couple's quarrel. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're getting ready to fight each other, but they look like kids, though. So. Much to Emmy's protest, on their way home, Emmy threatens Sadao, although he just shrugs. Following day, while feeling angry that she isn't living a better lifestyle than Sadao, Amy pays him a visit. Shiro, in shock, locks her out, but lets her in after Sadao casually explains her circumstances. Because she's running out of magic the same way they are. Is she homeless or what? No, she's got a job too. Oh. She has to work as well. (laughs) Uh, Shiro, uh, let's see. Uh, After commenting on Sadao's lifestyle because they're living like bums in an apartment. (laughs) You have no furniture or anything. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, she explains that along with Archbishop Olba Mia, uh, we're going to follow them through the portal before it disappeared. She ended up being the only one transported. Over the next few days, Amy begins stalking Sadao and Shiro around town and learns that they are living good, humble lives. This prompts her, how good the life in the goddamn furniture in your house. <laughs> this prompts her to ask him after work if he has considered staying in the human world. To which he boldly states he will, he will return one day to conquer Inte Isla. Once he has the money, he saves enough money, yeah? <laughs> Just then, they both come under a magical attack from a sniper and hurriedly escape. So now realizes they may have a common enemy and blames Emmy before wa- leaving uh, for the night. Emmy, however, shows up again at his apartment, much to his suspicion, and awkwardly asks if she could stay the night since she lives a distance away and lost her wallet while she, while they were escaping earlier. So she dropped her wall, ma'am. <laughs> uh, Sadao casually, uh, casually gives her sanctuary again to Shiro Shock, while Emmy tearfully ponders to herself how she got herself into the situation that now. That night, Sadao receives a mysterious text from Chiho, warning that more earthquakes are on the way, while asking for his advice. So, they, they, if you, uh, ever since he's been here, there's been more and more earthquakes hmm. in Japan.
1: Interesting. So they're trying to break through from the other side, or
0: I think you'll see. Uh, episode three is called The Devil Goes on a Date with His Junior uh, in Shinjuku. In junior Chiho, what is that? That girl Chiho. Oh, okay, the following morning, the national news broadcast a, a report mentioning the attack. I got a TV, got no furniture. They got a TV. <laughs> Mentioning the attack that Emmy and Sadal were involved in with Chiho excitedly uh, prepares for her date with Sadal. Meanwhile, Emmy receives an anonymous call at work from the same enemy who shot at them, who explains that killing both her and Satan would be in Ente Isla's best interests. So it's somebody from their world who's sniping at him.
1: Emmy came he came out like stacked, he's like got a sniper rifle. He's, they came out and <laughs>
0: uh later the police track down uh sadao from his bike left at the scene and emmy is forced to vouch for his identity while afterwards warning him about their common enemy later sadao meets chiho for their date which unbeknownst to them are followed by a cautious shiro and suspicious emmy so you have Alciel, his uh, underling following him and the hero are watching him <laughs> as they go on their date who's the chick going out on a girl that he works with at McRonalds. Oh, okay. I thought it was the, the girl, the hero girl. No, 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 no. no. That, that's Emmy. Uh, this girl's name's Chiho. Okay, okay. And with some
1: big tits. Standard practice. <laughs> it really is. Always. <laughs> you wanna, you, 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 I shouldn't say, you want to, I'll give you guys, uh, you guys want to see, a, like, okay, so the the joke is that Asians always have their characters have massive tits, right? Yes. There was a porn star back in the day in Japan. Uh, J-A-V, they call him, uh, by the name of Hitomi Tanaka. There you go. Look her up. I promise you, you are not prepared. <laughs> I'll show Michael. You guys you can keep talking. All right. So
0: uh, unbeknownst to them, they're followed by a cautious Shiro and a suspicious Emmy. the latter who drags Shiro into a cafe to eavesdrop on Sadal. During the date, Chiho explains to Sadao that she has been hearing a strange language recently. The language of Inta Eastlake and known to her, uh, she further explains that the speakers were trying to contact someone and made references to a large earthquake soon to occur. Sadao realizes that the phenomena was a magical communication system called Idealink, and that the earthquakes were most likely caused by a sonar spell trying to detect him and Emmy.
1: I <laughs> can tell they're real because they're different sizes. Yeah. Real uh, artificial ones wouldn't be shaped. They'd be the exact same. Good God. So there you go. It, it, apparently, somebody manifested her in real life cause, <laughs> from all these anime. Yes. Because she is exaggeratedly <laughs> massive. <laughs> Moving on. Somebody's wishes came true. Apparently. <laughs> uh, at that time,
0: a shocked Sadao notices Emmy walk into the cafe, and before he uh, Chiho can confess to him, she is interrupted by Emmy. Chiho misunderstands Emmy's reasoning for her interruption, and they get into a loud argument. Just as a large earthquake suddenly strikes, when Chiho briefly awakens surrounded by devastation, she reconciles with Emmy, who again warns her about Sadao before knocking her out with a sleep spell. God dang,
1: oh, a sleep spell. Yeah, I just sucked you in the spot. would Yeah, I would have. If I if I have a limited amount of magic, I would have knocked her out. Yeah, a sleep spell. Emmy then calls out to Satan, who
0: appears to have what some, I call my hands, the sleep... now. <laughs> who appears from uh, some debris in his demonic form. So he's gotten his form back at this point. Hmm. Emmy ponders killing him right there with her remaining magic, but Satan shocks her by stating he will uh, get them out of the collapsed mall, leaving Emmy to wonder why he would help them. Because he's you know, <laughs> he
1: now has human emotions. I guess. No, he just don't want. He didn't want to kill his coworker. <laughs> oh. so it's hard to find i guess it's hard to find good employees exactly Uh, episode four is called the hero
0: experiences human warmth so uh satan continues to use his magic to clear the debris while keeping everyone at the mall out of harm's way while outside the destroyed mall emmy has a flashback showing her carefree days with her father and Inta isla when she was younger until she was summoned by the church to begin training with the magical sword to slay demons Soon after, her father was killed by Satan's forces when their village was attacked, leaving her with the resolve to kill him. Back in present day, Sadao learns and informs Emi that Chiho received magical feedback from the spell he cast on her father, uh, Inspector Sasaki, when he first arrived in Japan. Sadao further explains to her that the earthquake was a deliberate attack on their lives before they both leave. Afterwards, Emi spends the night at her co-worker Rika Suzuki's place, where Rika explains to her how human nature can change in the face of adversity by referencing the Kobe earthquake she experienced as a child. So explaining to Emmy that disasters can make people change, basically. Yeah. The next day, Emmy visits Sadao and falls down his apartment building stairs. God day. Clumsy, aren't we? <laughs> she is <laughs> She's the hero, but she's fucking clumsy as fuck. <laughs> Uh, Sadal tries to treat uh, Emmy's injuries, but her uh, but his uncharacteristic kindness upsets her, and she reveals her reason for wanting him dead. Sadao laments his inability to understand people's feelings until they are interrupted by uh, Shiro and Chiho. So his underling and his co worker. Shiro and Shiro again? Uh, Chiho. C H I H O. Chiho. And then Shiro. Uh, too close. It is Shiro and Chiho. It's like Chad and Chuck. <laughs> Chiho misunderstands Emmy and Sadal being a uh, being a couple, and runs away with a broken heart. Oh, damn!
1: <laughs> Just uh, the
0: famous misunderstanding from all romantic movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, Sadal's landlady, uh, Miki Shiba, it comes in, and advises. Uh, and advises they chase after Chiho while referencing her connection to the sonar and idea link spells. While tearfully making her uh, way through the street, Chi-Hill encounters a strange person who manifests black wings in front of uh, of the passerby. As Sadao, Emmy, and Shiro approach from afar, an explosion occurs, and the winged person takes to the air. As Sadao and company climb the uh, climb the rubble, Sadao acknowledges the person as the general de- the demon general Lucifer. Hmm. So
1: Lucifer has come down now from this other world. Who 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 else would it be? The the one with the highest ranking name. And all of uh, demon lore. True, but I, it's who who is Satan, is ahead of him. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the, the who the villain would be? Oh, yeah. Of course, it would be yeah. Lucifer. Lucifer. That's Saddle, Satan. <laughs> Saddle, Mal. Saddle, <Sit> <laughs> Mal. Uh,
0: episode 5 is called uh, The Devil and the Hero Save Sasazuka. So, uh, okay. Emmy. Asks Lucifer how he survived their perilous uh, previous battle on Enta Isla, but Sadow deduces that he was aided by her former comrade, Olba, who had uh, promised to return Lucifer to heaven in exchange for his help. While Olba reveals himself to Emmy shock, Lucifer proceeds to attack Sadow and company with Shiro taking a hit. After the group flee, Sadao explains to Emmy that Lucifer draws his magic from night and negative emotions, and hence was responsible for the string of muggings in Sasuzuka. Hmm. So he's been mugging. He's just
1: been robbing people? <laughs> so even he has to get some kind of job. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the negative emotions give it magical energy, basically.
0: So he found uh, a loophole. Yeah. Uh, as they are, uh, as they get cornered sadao teleports himself and Emmy to the crowded Sasazuka station here the dumbstruck crowd looks on as lucifer seemingly kills sadao with a magical bullet and then destroys the overhead transport bridge the debris uh, head to uh, the debris head to crush Emmy and chiho but satan emerges in his demonic form and using the negative emotions of the onlookers to fuel his magic saves Emmy and chiho So negative emotions give him his original form back as well. So, like Lucifer, he can use the same ability. Cool. He just didn't know he could. He finally figured that one out. Uh, After, Satan sets up a magical barrier, knocking all of the civilians unconscious, while Amelia calls forth her magic and engages Lucifer in aerial combat. Alciel then shows up, healed in his demonic form, and joins the battle. Chiho looks on at the incredible scene at which point Satan finishes Olba and then Lucifer with a multi-layered magical punch. Where it's like these magical circles start appearing it's like one and two and three and then it just goes all the fucking way back to the edge of the city. Damn. Just all these magical circles. <laughs> uh, in the aftermath, the Dow and company officially introduced themselves to Chiho. So now she knows. Uh, just then, Emmy's comrades from Inta Isla uh, uh, Emeralda and uh, Albertio. 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 I guess so, yeah. Albu- Alberto. Albertio. I guess it is Hispanic sounding. They arrive through a portal, reunite with Emmy, and explain the corrupt state of the church back on into Isla. Afterwards, at Sidow's apartment, Albertio <laughs> explains his use of the sonar and idealing spells, which were intercepted by Shiho. Meanwhile, Satan uses his Romanian magic to restore the city along with erasing the civilians' minds. Later, at McRonald, Sadow explains to <laughs> Can't get over that. <laughs> McRonald McRonald. Sadow explains to Chiho that he has enough left to erase her mind, causing her to yell at him, saying that why would she want him uh, why would she want Sadow to erase her memory, you know, instead of
1: I'm all out of late. i <laughs> you
0: know, so, like the romantic music starts playing? <laughs> yes. Uh, episode six is uh, the devil climbs the stairway to school I <laughs> uh, get that G d <laughs> at the church's headquarters on ente isla a report is made by a girl stating that the Archbishop Olba's previous report that he killed the dark Lord Amelia emeralda, and Albertia were false and they discussed the consequences of letting the truth lead to the rest of the church that they were that they do remain alive. Meanwhile, back in Japan Lucifer now wanted by the police in connection with recent muggings, moves, Fuck. <laughs> moves in with Sadao and Shiro under the name Hanzo. There's a bad guy. Yeah, but he got fucked up by Sadao. And since it's one of Sadao's underlings anyway in the other world, uh-huh. all he did is smack him in the face where his like face is still like bruised and
1: <laughs> like, swollen.
0: Why'd he try to kill him then? He, that's why he didn't kill him.
1: No, like, why didn't he, like, why didn't Lucifer...
0: Oh, because, uh, that priest, Olba, said that he could get him back to heaven.
1: Oh, she lied to him.
0: Yeah, he lied to him, yeah. The, the, the other priest. The, the priest was trying to kill both Satan and the hero. Okay, okay. So now you have Lucifer, he's like, he looks like a little kid. <laughs> like, 12, 13. God damn, Super skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going by the name of Hanzo now, instead of Lucifer while becoming proficient using the internet. Through the internet, Hanzo learns of a rumor that a paranormal activity in the form of a portal activations to Enta Isla occur in an abandoned classroom at a local high school, which turns out to be Chiho's school. That's storytelling for you. Yeah. It had to be you know what I mean? Yeah. So now and Shiro decide to investigate in the hopes of harvesting magical power from the portal. That night, along with Chiho, the group goes into the school, but are followed by Emmy, who claims she has to keep an eye on Sadal, despite she being able to return to Inta at any time. She can leave whenever she wants. <laughs> heck yep. are you struggling there for? No. Although <laughs> no. Sadal and company try and
1: fail to abandon Emmy, Eat with ramen noodles and minimum wage, you <laughs> <Just> go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, ramen noodles will never. going to be a stable forever. Yeah. As long as there's a dollar to start, that'll be ramen noodles. <laughs> It's going to be Top Ramen or it's going it, to be. Yeah. They make so much of business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have to have a uh, low overhead, too.
1: Right. They like just dump that in. It's done. It's done. Put a little packet. There you go. We're good. <laughs> Here's the, the salt that'll kill you before. <laughs> but it tastes so good. God, it's crazy how much ramen noodles is just like a staple of like lower income living. Yeah. But man, if you know how to cook the ramen noodles, you'll be good to go. You can spice it up, exactly. Make that <laughs> shit delicious. <laughs> don't be ashamed to be, you know, lower income. Always do better. You can you can live well, you know, on a low income. Yeah, it's not that bad. You don't need like you don't need a a, a huge TV or a internet service or uh streaming services. No, you can save up that money. Save that money up. <laughs> eat some ramen. Be a little dicky and say save that
0: money. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, as they're trying to, uh, <laughs> trying and failing to abandon Emmy, which results in her accidentally destroying a science model. Eventually, the group reaches the abandoned The group reaches the abandoned classroom. It turns out that uh, it had been the base of operations for both Hanzo and Olba prior to their respective betrayals and alliance. So. The reason that people thought there was a portal there was because Lucifer was living there. Oh, Jesus. Where he was like a, uh, uh, one of those neats where he's got food all around him and computers and shit. <laughs> just half-eating <laughs> shit and everything in there. Bags of chips just open like a slob. Wait, if he knew that was his spot, why'd he go with him? He didn't. He sent that. Why did, wait, why? <laughs> was... Hanzo then asks that Sadal to retrieve his PS Vita game. Jesus Christ. While they were there, which has been left by accident. (laughs) So he told them that this place was haunted and that it had all these issues so that way they could go get his PS Vita. Did you get it though? (laughs) They must have been living. This angers the group, although Hanzo claims that he merely neglected to tell them that he had lived there. Later, while the group is outside, the same girl who had made the report to the church of Inte Isla is seen through the classroom window, indicating she had opened a portal. Later, a new tenant moves into Sadao's apartment building, and Sadao catches her as she falls down the stairs and passes out. <laughs> so another girl that falls. They should have
1: fallen downstairs. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> Why they struggle at McGraw. You can always tell about a about a writer when it's the same trope over and over.
0: Yes. Uh, episode 7 is called The Devil's Budget is Saved by Neighborliness. <laughs> uh, Suzuno uh, Kamazuki who had fallen down the apartment stairs comes to introduce herself to Sadao, Shiro, and Hanzo the next morning and gives them a box of Udon noodles as a friendly gesture. They must have been fucking living it up like noodles, dude. And elsewhere, Emmy receives a box containing bottles of a sacred power boosting drink from Emeralda in the other world. As she continues to uh, stalk Sadao's apartment, Emmy spots Suzuno helping Hanzo with chores and goes to covertly investigate. Although she is caught up when Suzuno uh Susano ecstasy apartment and Emmy falls down the stairs falling hey, christ she fell down up to They're like the hero side of fucking clumsy as shit. <laughs> Back in Sidow's apartment, Susano uh, introduces herself to Emmy and thinks that she and Sidow are in some kind of relationship because of their unreserved manner when speaking to each other, which she not she denies. Emmy then speaks Susano outside and seemingly misunderstands that Susano might like Sadao, prompting her to warn Susano not to get too close to Sadao. Like she thinks that all these girls are falling for her. <laughs> You got Chiho, you got Susano, you got. <laughs> Imagine trying to make some rent money. <laughs> Ain't got time for love. Exactly. <laughs> Although Susano already knows who Emmy is, being from Inte Eastlake herself, unbeknownst to Emmy, uh, although Sadal leaves for work, <laughs> where uh, he is made shift supervisor. <laughs> Susano gives him a uh, handmade uh, boxed lunch. While Emmy stakes uh, outside outside of McRonald, Emeralda calls out to ask uh, the results of the magic drink, and relays that there is uh, peace on into Eastley for now while rumors are being spread. Emeralda further adds that the church is currently uh, looking for a missing Ulba. They can't find that priest that had attacked him in the couple of previous episodes before. Hmm. Warning that people may be looking for her as well. As Cedale takes a break at McDonald, Chiho gets jealous of the packed lunch given to him by Susano. Meanwhile, while buying food at a convenience store, uh, Emilia is attacked by a masked man uh, wielding a large scythe and using magic, which nullifies her magic sword in a counterattack. In the aftermath, while wondering who the masked man was... Emmy rece- receives a call from Chiho venting her jealousy over Sadao's boxed lunch. She's jealous
1: that the other girl gave him the lunch or she just said he has food. <laughs> it's <what I'm> <laughs> You're supposed to be just broke. You're not supposed to have food. right? <laughs> uh,
0: episode 8 is called The Hero Enters the Fray. So Chiho and Emmy visit Sadao's apartment and are surprised to find Suzano. Susa- uh, They're helping Sadao and company with their domestic chores. Much to Chiho's shock. Later, as Sadao walks Chiho home, she confesses her feelings for him while depreciating the fact that he is a demon, since she already fell in love with him. Just then, Suzuno overhears Chiho's confession, causing Chiho to run away with embarrassment. Suzuno uh, follows up by asking Sadao uh, about his own response to being loved by people and is visibly surprised by his, his sincere response. Afterwards, Suzuno meets Emmy at the Suzuka Station, and they both inadvertently reveal their misunderstand misunderstood intentions towards Sadao over the events of the past few days.
1: Ah, the famous romantic trope. Yeah. The final, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it, like, uh, uh, airing of grievances. Yeah. And misunderstandings. Yep. It's like, look, I don't, I, he was like just a friend and all that. We, this guy, whoever this guy, whoever wrote this, took uh, the, the uh, relatable aspects of Typical slice-of-life movies. Yes. And tweaked them to fit into a supernatural story. Yes. Clever man. <laughs>
0: uh, afterwards, Susan o introduces herself as a resident of Ente Isla. Uh, Crestia Bell. That's her real name. Hmm. Not Susan O. Uh, and informs Emmy that she was sent under orders of uh, by the church of Ente Isla to investigate any leads on the missing Olba, the One of the priests, or whatever, again, from earlier. Susan O... Uh, oh. Further asks that Emmy relate to in, uh, return to Inta Isla to confront the church about the cover-up regarding the actions of her superior, uh, put the lives of everyone in the underground mall in danger just to kill her and Sedal. Underground mall, yeah, So like fun, yeah, <laughs> I like where it's under completely. I want to see. I want to go underground mall. And Dallas has stuff like that. I want to. Want to be a dwarf? <laughs> you live in the underworld. And uh, no, oh, yeah. sorry, not the underground world, underground.
1: But... <laughs> And uh, retake warrior. <laughs>
0: uh, before she leaves, Emmy advises Susan O to uh, be leery of Sadow and Company, finding out her true agenda. Meanwhile, a new fast food restaurant, Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> Jesus, Kentucky, Kentucky Fried Chicken, boldly opens up across the street from McRonald, But then its manager,
1: that shouldn't be too bad. I mean, they make burgers, they make chicken. Suddenly, really competition. <laughs> and its manager, uh, Mitsuki Saru,
0: pops into McRonald to apparently check out uh, the com- competition, although Sadao counters by having Shiro do uh, spying of his own. Finally, Susano waits for Emmy after work and expresses her desire to visit Sadao's workplace at McRonald, while Rika misunderstands the interaction between Susano and Emmy as a lover's quarrel over Sadao. Much to Emmy's uh, irritation. More goddamn misunderstandings. Yeah, because it's uh, that friend that uh, Emmy spent the night with that one day. That that girl, she's like, oh, (laughs) lovers quarrel. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Episode nine is called "The Hero Uh, Enter." The hero experiences a fray. A fray. A fray. Rika, Emmy, and Susano. Make their way over to Haragaya to discover the Tanabata Festival, so in full gear. Uh, Rika, still fully enthusiastic over her perceived lover's quarrel between Emi and Susano, suggests that she first learn all of the details of the conflict by stopping for a bit inside the newly opened Kentucky Fried Chicken.
1: He's <laughs> like, God, let's go to Sentucky. Let's celebrate Kentucky Fried Chicken.
0: Here, as Emmy frantically tries to reject Rika's no, a notion of her and Sadal uh, uh, being a couple, she starts verbally insulting Sadal, but is stopped by an irritated Shiro who has been nearby doing reconnaissance at Kentucky for for Sadal. So he's got uh, Alceo, the person that goes by Shiro, now over at Kentucky Fried Chicken doing research. Research or trying to f- check the competition. He's just over there shoving shit into his face. It's you agree? Because yeah, he gave him some money. He's like, Here, use this. He'd be like, oh, Money? Oh, yeah, he doesn't have a job, does he? No. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, after brief uh, introductions and a bit of chatting, Asia, or, uh, Ashia is uh, able to clear up Rika's misunderstanding before Emmy and Sadal by using a metaphor to describe the history between them. Meanwhile, as McRonald's business begins losing to Kentucky for the festival, how can they lose to
1: Kentucky? Because it's new, it's chicken, and they're burgers, aren't they? Yes. So it shouldn't only it should but like if, you, if when it's new, right, it gets uh over, um, saturated, I guess. Yes. But then it evens out. Well, this is only a few days in, so. So they don't they don't have to worry. They just had a the storm. <laughs>
0: Sadao struggles to decide what to do, but eventually decides to have his employees keep themselves busy until an opportune moment for a business sh- shows itself. Later, Shiro, Emi, Suzuno, and Rika visit McRonald, with Rika having a less than favorable imp- first impression of Sadao, much to his irritation. Afterwards, Sadao tries and fails in various schemes to market McDonald. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got insane trying to put up posters. <laughs> You're trying to get business. Like, hey, we're not going to get this business
0: up and running. <laughs> to Mark and McRonald to the festival's patrons. But then comes with food. But they comes up with an ingenious idea of having the franchise be part of the festival itself. So now then calls up a friend to deliver some ba- uh, bamboo plants for display in front of the franchise and has his staff decorate it finally revealing that they will allow the festival's patron to hang wishes on the plants and offer a free drink to whosoever does so. Fuck it, genius. <laughs> a plan which successfully gets McRonald flooded with customers. While this is happening, Susan O notices a strange purple aura hanging over the crowd in front of McRonald, adding to her suspicion of Sadao. She's like, what the fuck is that aura? Hey, he's changing his complete uh, negative to positive. <laughs> Uh, Episode 10 is called The Devil and the Hero Take a Break from the daily routine. Jeez. (laughs) They both work daily jobs. She she works in a call center. He works. He's a McRonald. Fucking McRonald trying to chief customer support. He's trying to drum up business to sell burgers. (laughs) Following the success of the previous day's business, Mayumi enforced Sadao that she has selected him based on a request by the McRonald branch at the Fushima Park to assist them with business during a fair. That night, Hanzo, Lucifer, informs Sadal that they might be able to harvest magic off of people's fear by investigating the advertised haunted house at the fair, while Susano eavesdro- eavesdrops on their conversation, which she relates to Emmy as a precaution. Later, Chiho invites Emmy to the fair, who also brings along Susano, after being suspicious of Sadal and company's intentions. While Sadal continues being busy with his work at the park's McRonald and impressing its manager there, <laughs> He's trying so hard,
1: he's got outsourced for another McRonald's. Yeah, to
0: fix their McRonald's,
1: yeah, to drum up their business.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so sad. Uh, Chiho tries and fails to get Sadal's attention. Afterwards, the girls decide to check out the rest of the festival, visiting the haunted house, which proves to be too much for them, followed by the reptile exhibit uh, where both Emmy and Chiho reveal reveal their fear of reptiles. Although Susano remarks on having eaten them before as a delicacy in the southern part of Inta Isla, before she, she is stopped by Emmy, <laughs> she's gonna reach in there and just to eat one of them. Jesus. <laughs> Raw? Because <laughs> a day. While exploring the exhibit, and he bumps into a maintenance worker causing him to drop his keys. These keys are subsequently picked up by an escaped circus monkey humorously called Sadal, <laughs> much to Sadal's irritation. So the monkey's got the same name. Yeah, cause like they. fucking bullshit. Before being found, it uh, before being found, it revealed that the monkey had unlocked the crocodile exhibit. The <laughs> little fucker just went over there and unlocked it. This allows the beast to escape and sneak into the water park. <laughs> as the crowd erupts into f- panic, Emmy Chiho, and a stunned Susano watches as Satan absorbs the fear and chants a spell to calm the beast, thus saving the fair and leaving Susano to echo Emmy's previous thoughts of why he would save the humans. Afterwards, as the girls head home, Susano feels the presence of a white-winged being watching her, while, uh, which disappears as soon as she turns around to look. white she now? Mm-hmm. You have Lucifer, which is the black winged. Now you have a white winged one. So we have episode 11. The hero stays true to her convictions. is the title of it. So Shiro continues to suffer from his illness. While uh, Miki sends boxes of uh, merchandise she imported from Hawaii for Sadao and company to sell at a bazaar in the shopping district. So their landlord found stuff and to send it back to him to, to sell. <laughs> and Shiro's sick. <laughs> the second in command is sick at the moment, so it's bed, Bedridden. He's <laughs> it malnourished. Oh. <laughs> like he's got some kind of cold and he can't get over it now. Jesus Christ. And I'm dying of pneumonia. <laughs> Meanwhile, Susano has a flashback which shows her job as an ex- executioner of the church to kill members of the rebel, uh, rebelling Allied Knight Order. Eventually, Chihil and Emmy show up at Sadao's apartment building, and along with Susano, Help him move all of the merchandise over to the shopping district before he leaves for the shift at McGrath <laughs> his shift at McDonald. Here, Suzuno leaves the group and has a meeting with a hooded person involving her mission to kill Sadal, to which she shows hesitation. Another flashback shows her eavesdropping on the church's leaders while uh, during a meeting on Inta Isla, where they conspire to use inconspicuous means to kill their enemies, to which Prestia uh, or uh, Suzuno and tries to justify her intentions of killing Sadal. Chiho, brought to tears, vehemently defends Sadal because of his kindness. Emi interjects and remains against killing Sadal, instead striving to fight for the world where everyone can live in peace, a statement which visibly enrages Susano, who abruptly walks off. While Emi and Chiho walk home and ponder what happened, they are attacked by a masked man with a scythe before them, who reveals himself to be the fallen angel Sariel, before managing to overwhelm Amelia in battle
1: hmm. wait, so do they have a higher plane in the other world or this world in the other world? Huh. They're coming through this portal, and uh they have a higher plane in that world mm-hmm. so that does that follow the biblical fallen angels and landing on the
0: not not to that level? no, no. it's more of a like a broad thing hmm. 'cause a lot of the angels are just as bad as the demons though. <laughs> It's Kind of like you know, supernatural, you know, where the angels are no better than the themselves. <laughs> uh, uh, Chiho tries to call Sadao, but is knocked unconscious by Crestia. At the same time, Sadao learns that, uh, learns from Chiho's mother that Chiho didn't arrive home and that Hanzo and has Hanzo track Emmy's uh, location via, via GPS, but instead finds Susano moving rapidly towards the city hall. Also, learning that Mitsuki. I, uh, identity as a forgery. Sadawa hurriedly uh, heads to the city hall to rescue Chiho while Olba regains consciousness at the hospital. Hmm. So he's been fucked up and <laughs> just beat the hell out of him and left him in the hospital. Well, after that one uh, attack with those multiple layers of circles and he got punched. Hmm. Yeah, can't, he didn't wake up for a long ass time. Jesus. Uh, episode 12 is called The Devil Carries Out His Duties. So Shiro steps out of the hospital room for a bit and notices an unconscious police officer while investigating, he is violently punched into submission by a newly awakened Olba, who learns of Sadao's residence from Sh- uh, Shiro- uh, Shiro's insurance card. Oh, Jesus. Atop City Hall, Sariel sadistically begins torturing Amelia in order to obtain the better half, which is uh, the sword that she holds, although it refuses to manifest in his presence. Meanwhile, Satan arrives and, dest- and destroys Sariel's barrier using his remaining magic. At that point, Crestia attacks him with a magic mallet and is surprised to learn that Satan and his fellow demons had un, uh, had known about her since she first moved into Villa Rosa, their apartment complex. <laughs> because they live in an apartment complex. <laughs> Not having any magic, Satan takes a beating from Crestia, uh, but gets up nonetheless to rescue Chiho from Serial. Leaving Crestia to realize that unlike Satan, she had abandoned her friends. At the same time, Olba visits Lucifer and seeks to re-establish their contract. As Serial begins to reveal, a, uh, perverted, uh, to reveal a perverted nature, Emilia claims that Satan will show up and save Chiho because of his natural instinct to protect his co-workers, which is mocked by Serial. <laughs> Much to Chiho and Amelia's relief, Satan does arrive, but is easily overwhelmed by Serial due to his lack of magic. Elsewhere, Olba replenishes his magic with Amelia's drink, and cast a spell which enlarges the moon, which increases Serial's magic, which subsequently throw in the city into mass panic. The panic grants Satan an enormous magical boost, but Serial remains confident in his power. So, they created the moon to increase Serial's power, but that created fear in the city, so then Satan gets power from the fear. I'd be like, that moon's real big today. It's like, what
1: the fuck? Why does that increase Serial's powers?
0: It, it's something that, like, where he gets his abilities from the lunar light. Is he a werewolf? No. <laughs> it's one of his angel abilities, I guess. Oh. Uh, uh, let's see here. The panic grants, uh, let's see, grants Satan an enormous magical boost, but Serial remains confident of his power even as Crestia decides to side with Satan. Elsewhere, Lucifer knocks, Al- uh, knocks Olba out, canceling the moon spell. After deceiving him uh, into throwing the city into panic for Satan's, uh, Satan's advantage, so he had uh, he let Olba cast a spell to enlarge the moon, and then knocked his ass out. <laughs> it was like if you had this little a uh, little nerdy kid just punching in the face. <laughs> so he got hit by Satan and by like, for Now, finally, Satan and Serial engage in an epic aerial battle, which destroys half of the city and ultimately ends with Serial's defeat to Satan's demon sword. It's right half the city, huh? Yes, half of the city. Hopefully, McRonald's is okay. <laughs> and now, last episode of the season for uh, last episode of this season. Uh, season two is out, though. Uh, episode 13 The Devil and the Hero do some honest, hard work.
1: <laughs> They've been doing that forever at this point. Yes, they have. I'm working hard as hell. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Chiha has a strange dream where Satan leaves Earth and returns to Inta Isla leaving her behind much to her agony. While calling the dream, uh, while we're calling the dream to Sadao the next day, he confirms that he doesn't have enough magic to return since he used it to repair the entire city from his and Serial's battle the previous day. So the city's back to normal? Yeah. A real uh, status quo they set every episode. Yes. <laughs> At the same time, they discover Serial in McRonald's freezer since Sadao's magical bamboo had redirected his portal. Hmm. The uh, the bamboo trees that they set up in at, yeah. at front of McRonald's, since they had a magical nature and he used his abilities to create them, it redirected the portal that Serial tried to use to escape from the last episode to McRonald's freezer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so he's in the freezer at this point. Oh, he's sitting in the freezer? <laughs> McRonald's. <laughs> uh, Serial immediately falls head over heels for Mayumi, much to his disgust. Or, sorry, much to her disgust. I'm like, he's like I like her, I don't know why. Fuck. <laughs> and she's like, oh, because he's a creep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Emmy also has a strange dream where Satan conquers Sasazuka. Uh, as she goes to visit Sadao and company, Shiro asks Sadao for some time off, which makes her suspicious, causing her to enlist Emerilda to see where they might be up to. Later, Emi notices uh, numerous boxes being delivered to Sadao's apartment and grows even more suspicious. At work, Sadao suddenly asks Mayumi for a shift change, which causes Chiho to fear that he might be returning to Enta Isla. But Sadao apologetically keeps their motives hidden from her. Chiho and Emi decide to follow Sadao the next day to find out what they have been up to and discover that they uh, that he and along with Shiro have taken extra jobs to pay uh, for Hanzo's GPS trackers, which saved them from cereals. They're working extra jobs. They're working extra jobs. They get more GPS trackers. <laughs> so they keep their friends safe. Yep. Yeah. As Emmy questions Sadao on the boxes, they returned to the Villa Rosa to discover that Hanzo had been caught in a purchasing scam whereby he was tricked into buying useless items. Jesus. So Lucifer, being on the computer all the time, bought all this shit because of a scam. So now, he's f- now they're all fucked. So now and Emmy head over to the, reta- uh, the retailer to claim a refund, and discover that Shiro has been working there, along with a threatening manager who refuses to refund due to a contract Hanzo signed. Emmy is able to resolve the situation. He's thirteen. Yeah, he's like in this world, he's he's young, so that that's a vo- voided contract, I would say. Yep, Emmy is able to resolve the situation via a cooling off period uh, in the contract. Which means that uh, since he's under the age of 17 or 18 in Japan, oh it doesn't go through. I figured as much because I'm mean, having to be ridiculous. You can't hold a child to a contract that they don't fully understand. Exactly. So eventually, Shiro and Sadao celebrate their success by going out to a restaurant. Well, everyone goes back to living... I in can room. afford to go to that must be nice. <laughs> I think Emmy paid for it. Oh, uh, Does she make more than... Uh... <laughs> she makes a lot more than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> he works, she works as a uh like a tech support. She's over here making bang, and he's over here working at Mc she's got, her own, she's got her own a nice apartment.
1: She's got she can buy new clothes. I can't even do that. Got a car. How many? complete does he have the same? <laughs> uh, I want to see a scene where he's just <laughs> where he just sifted through the three the thrift store. Look, I'll does That
0: does he? she goes through those cheap shops, <laughs> and you have to buy food on certain days. Jesus. So, uh, they they celebrate at the restaurant while
1: everyone goes back to living normally in the human world. You know what I think? I think the the writer went through that in his life, probably, and he just like decided to pour it into a story. It's a good story, though. You can t- as well. yeah. You can tell when they're good stories, when it it sounds so believable. Yeah, that the, the more than likely the writer has had the situation himself, <laughs> minus the supernatural stuff. Yeah, but that's it's always good stories. <laughs> uh, in the epilogue.
0: Sadao is forced to walk home through the rain after work. While waiting at the crosswalk, Emmy approaches and gives him a new umbrella as a replacement for the one that he had lent her in episode one.
1: Under my umbrella.
0: Sadao thanks her and she welcomes him with a smile. Oh. That's how season one imp- uh, Season One ends. That's cute. But just watching him struggle so hard. <laughs> you could make ends meet. It's so fucking difficult. <laughs> <laughs> But yep, that's uh, season one of The Devil is a Part Timer.
1: Season two, I think, fell off a little bit. That's a lie, though. He's not a part timer, he's a full time <laughs> assistant manager. Started off as a part All <laughs> <laughs> All right. All
0: right, and moving on into Reddit Insanity. Let's see what we got today. I'm making. always. Cr- I'm getting crazy. Is <laughs> he low green? Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, these are all retail hell. Oh no. So, since we just got out of the Christmas season. Oh my. Look, here's some stories. God, Christmas. Oh
1: my God. Someone blew the shit out of the bathroom.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, first one is uh, by Significant Brush26. Significant
1: Brush? Yes. A bush. Brush. For the significant bush. I want to see a significant bush. <laughs> I know you do. I don't mind.
0: <laughs> this person puts. Yesterday, I had a lady come up to me and say, Excuse me, sir. Do you know where I can find this item? I need this specific one. I looked on aisle 14, but I didn't see it. I showed me a picture. I said, Oh, it'd be on aisle 11 with the baking items about halfway down on the left. She responded yelling,
1: How... (laughs) What? (laughs) Fucking started screaming. (laughs) How dare
0: you assume i speak english don't you dare respond to me and show me where it is now what bitch you spoke to me in english how is what i understand you this lady didn't have any accent or anything it was so strange a manager overheard this and came over and they had a full conversation that ended up uh, in her being told to buy her groceries and leave but it was the strangest thing that happens to me in the store I've gotten to the point that I'm pretty desensitized to the random bullshit that happens, but I couldn't help but laugh out loud. Today, when I got to work, the manager said, hey, good morning, how are you? I said, good, how's it going? He goes, how dare you speak to me in English? I love this show.
1: Weird. It's a weird response you have. How dare you? How dare you assume I speak English? No, that I spoke English to you first. How dare you assume that he knows any other language? Alrighty, next one is
0: uh, by uh, Joxerd, or J-O-X-E-R-T-D. Joxert or J O X E R T D. Joxert, Joxert, Joxert. It's joker, joker. Okay, they could be trying something weird with the letters, trying to make it sound to them. It's funny to us. It's like whatever. <laughs> this person puts a lady bought a pen at Hobby Lobby and tried to return it to my craft store. She had three receipts and three separate items, two of which were ours. The pen on the third receipt was not, for the one physically in my hand. She was the sa- it was the same brand, but the one on the receipt was uh, a fine point. Apparently, the one in his hand was a regular pen instead of a fine point pen. Hmm. The one in my hand was oh, sorry, the one in my hand was extra fine. <laughs> Apparently, there's a difference. Lady argued uh, argued with me and then yelled at her husband. When she was, uh, when she said, "Isn't that the pen you got from Hobby Lobby?" I said, uh, "We do not accept returns from Hobby Lobby.
1: We're not the same store." Yeah, mystery solved, ma'am. This, your
0: husband's a moron. This is Joanne. She started cussing at me, so I called my, uh, I called the manager, and she didn't want to come up and tried to handle it from where she was, but that wasn't happening. And she came up and said, "I was." And said what I had already told her. Lady started pounding on the counter and screaming. Manager gave in eventually and just put the number on the pin she actually bought from us.
1: Don't give in to these. This is this is why they always are like this. Yes. Did you give in to their bullshit? Uh, then when they left,
0: the manager said, to, uh, it "Told me I'm very busy. I can't keep I can't keep coming up here."
1: Well, it's even worse when your your own ally in yep. battle is a doesn't have your back. <laughs> and I said. It's not
0: my fault people are screaming at me for stupid stuff, and it's also not my fault the buy one get one sales aren't working, and you require us to call you up so you can take care of it. She took me off register for my last uh, half hour because she was sick of me of uh, me calling her. <laughs> Funny shit. My coworker who replaced me had a couple had to call her a couple more times for the same shit that I was dealing with, and I just felt justified because it wasn't just me.
1: And I hate. I hate co-workers who are, like, difficult to work with. Yeah. Like, we're already having to deal with everyone else. And Let's then, not have to deal with each other. Like, you're not even on a united front at this point. Exactly. Like, we have to be united against
0: all these enemies, <laughs> basically, at this point. Like that episode of South Park where those people at the mall were ready for the Black Friday sale? They, for, they were not ready to get, and then know it was going to get in the way of my fat vagina. <laughs> Alrighty. Next one is by Stars Have Aligned. It's oh, for- my God. Cthulhu's risen. <laughs> Uh, I was working and, uh, I was working an evening and ringing up a middle-aged lady. She started to talk to me, which I honestly don't mind, as it was, uh, as it was during a quiet time and I was kind of bored. She began to ask how long I've been working here and I, uh, and if I was full-time, yeah? And when I responded, since I was 16, she kind of smirked. Then she asked me how old I was and I began to tell her son, this is where you'll be if you don't listen in school. To which I replied, seventeen, and mentioned that I'm currently applying at university and have recently been accepted to a pretty elite one. The colors drained from her face. She told me she was sure, uh, assumed I was in my forties. Fuck, bro! What the fuck
1: do you look like? <laughs> what, what, what life have you lived that <laughs> you look like a forty year old at seventeen?
0: <laughs> Lmfao! I have a baby face, so I'm not sure where. Uh, I'm not sure how that worked. I mean, of course she's going to say she has a baby face. Now, while she looks like a smoker that's been smoking. Been smoking for 45 years. <laughs> she didn't say anything the rest of me ringing her up. I hate how customers assume that because you're working in retail, your life is meaningless, and you automatic, you're you automatically less educated. And even if I was older and working in retail, that literally doesn't matter. It's a job. Yeah, one of the worst jobs on the planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People are so draining. <laughs> Alrighty, next one is by Anti Pancakes. Mike Pancake? <laughs> Anti Pancakes. They don't like pancakes. They don't like Mike Pancake. <laughs> no, no. The autistic one. No. He's the greatest. <laughs> uh, this person puts. So I was just reflecting on some of the most bizarre encounters I had while working in retail. I used to work at a high end department store, which is which is exclusively located in the Midwest area. Oh, so fancy. <laughs> so my question is, what? what high-end retail store yeah that's located only in the midwest uh i don't know coles
1: bucky's that's southwest i don't know that's not a high end for, for another another thing like uh any store no matter how high end we'll always get every type of customer yes yes it's the life that we live
0: even uh <laughs> if you go into like a uh a louis vuitton store yeah you see that hood rat
1: over there too And they will take a shit on the floor.
0: Yes, yes they will. The company takes pride in the customer service, and we are required to have top-notch service, including greeting the customer within 30 seconds and helping them find anything that they need. They have 30 seconds? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I worked at the makeup counter, which is also attached to the fragrance fragrance section, so I juggle between both of those departments. Anyways, during my shift, I see a lady. She is about middle-aged. And I promptly go up to greet her and ask if she needed any help finding something. Everyone's middle-aged lately. Yeah. She responded that she did and that she needed to help finding a gift set for her friend because she, uh, the one she gave her was too sweet-smelling and was looking to return it. It was the, the birthday cake bath set by Philosophy. Oh, that was it must have been a
1: powerful system. But it's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> Be, be a little too strong. Yeah, that sounded. her saying that sound is strong.
0: <laughs> I said, not a problem, and we spent 30 minutes going through and sampling other products for her to try that would be better fit for her friend.
1: You know, if I worked in one of these places, I'd be such a douchebag. <laughs> like, you know, like when they sprayed the, the air around you? So, yeah. you I just spray so right there. How's this smell? <laughs> no, let me, let me try the most. <laughs> you don't like that one either. how Yeah. <laughs> It's such a movie scene. It's just getting sprayed in the mouth. How's <laughs> <That's> the taste?
0: <laughs> well, I finally found something for her, and she liked it, and we go around to the cash register. To
1: the she liked it. It's not what you like, lady. It's your friend has to like it. <laughs> I wouldn't buy a gift that I like for someone else, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Uh,
0: uh, we go to the cash register to start making the return. She hands me the receipt from her shopping bag, and I proceed. To pre- uh, I start to proceed i then asked for the bath set that she wants to return well she responds saying that she doesn't have it that her friend does i tell her i need the product for the exchange and that's when she started to get a bit irritated she said her friend lives four hours away and that she mailed it to her so she can't get it but her friend didn't like it and wanted to send her something else i apologize i'm a friend would be like i didn't like your gift i'd be like thank you i'll use this someday I infirm, uh, inform her, without the product, I can't exchange it, but she was welcome to buy it and I apologize for the inconvenience. This back and forth went on for a little while, as I was basically repeating myself multiple times, and she eventually gets really angry, angry and raised her voice saying, Do you expect me to drive four hours just to get the product? I am so embarrassed. And that my friend hated her gift. She told me it smelled like something for a teenager and not for a 60-year-old woman. Old hot? I swear I got it for her, so I don't see why this is a problem. What's your, where's your manager? Ah, oh, the manager. My manager was uh, near earshot and stepped into the situation, uh, stepped in to handle the situation. Sorry, ma'am, how about you try this perfume and sprays of the... Th- Since <laughs> <laughs> so she started making a scene and basically told her the same thing. She eventually stormed off, saying she's never shopping here again. No. We, because oh no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was so dumbfounded that she uh, that she expected to return an item she didn't even have. I wasn't even angry; I was at a loss for words because of the situation. Would be too. Like okay, so you want to exchange this, but you don't even have the
1: product you bought previously. Well, let me put gas in my car. My car's at home. Yeah. So, how do I put my gas? Like, like if I went to the gas station and paid for $20 gas, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But my car's at home. And I'm Makes like, no sense. it's fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, next one is by Turbulent Visit 8741. Turbulent Visit, man, that must have been going to the ringer. This person puts, This happened yesterday. A lady came into my store a couple of minutes before closing. Of course, she took her sweet time shopping. Five minutes around uh, after we closed... Wait, start it over again? This happened yesterday. A lady came into my store a couple of minutes before closing time. Okay, okay, that's why. Of course, she took her sweet time shopping. Probably pulled out a whole cart. Five minutes after we closed, she came to the register with a rather full cart and wanted to use her coupons to get a discount. She couldn't because I can't discount items already on sale. So, after I found an item I was allowed to discount, she remembered that she forgot something. She goes to find the item, and before she comes back, I see her browsing some more. Okay, finally she's back and I finish the transaction. But, then she pulls out her phone and asks me if we have this item in stock. <laughs> Please note that it is already ten minutes after closing. And we, uh, we only have thirty minutes after we close to leave the store, uh, or we're scolded the next day for staying unnecessarily late. It's not her fault. Luckily, she left and even apologized for coming in last minute. i just say goodbye and close the store. I don't want your apology. Don't come in here. But seriously, if you're sorry for coming last minute, at least be quick and don't waste my time. Just because you came into the store before closing time doesn't mean you have the right to stay after closing as long as you please. Just ungrateful people. Like, for me, if I get there, like, 15 minutes before a store closes, like, I'm running through that fucking store, like... It's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's mostly because I didn't realize they closed early. Like on a Sunday or something like that. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Like Walmarts now, they all close at 11.
1: Yeah, man. What the hell? <laughs> it used to be 24 hours. 24 hours a day. <laughs> Not no more. Now I'm timed out. No nope. thanks, COVID. <laughs> righty, the
0: next one is by Fire at Midnight. Fire at Midnight, huh? Yeah. This person puts, it's two minutes to close. I'm standing at the door and ready to uh, keep the inner set open and shut the outer set. This woman and her daughter walk in and I, and I say, just so you know, we are closing in two minutes. She flat out ignores me, pretending I'm a coat rack. I turn to my coworker and say, well, fuck me then. So I get on the PA and make the two minute announcement.
1: You hear me? Two minutes, you hear me?
0: <laughs> at closing, I walk out. Uh, Oh, sorry. I walk over to this woman and her kid who are cooing over how cute animals are, and proceed to tell her we are still closing. Uh, She does the whole uh, "Oh, I didn't know," and walks towards the door, then stops. I was doing something and uh, noticed her. I was doing something and noticed her, so I came over and asked her if she was okay. She says she needed animal food. I told her we were closing down now, and she was too late. Uh she was the, uh this was uh, God the way it's written, sorry. Uh this was when she told me that uh they were completely out and her animal was going to starve. I gotta starve, woman. Just get some get her some McDonald's. <laughs> exactly McRonald. Here's some McRonald's. I told her I had warned her we were uh when she was walking in that we were closing in too, and she said that she didn't hear me. I straight to up told her she ignored me, said, Sorry, we are closed down and walked her out lady if it was an emergency you would have looked up whenever uh, looked up when we closed flown in grabbed the food and then cooed over how cute animals were not bullshitted for two minutes after that it's life yeah yeah people are insane a little bit just a little bit uh last one by xander the okay he's okay right yes making sure he's okay uh, I'm a manager at a small chain cookie shop in central London. A Pain chain cookie shop. So lots and lots of tourists. You want any chocolate bars? <laughs> I, I had a small child uh, come in, maybe three or four, and shut my door. Then, when their dad came in and removed them, they shouted, no, and then decided to throw themselves on the floor outside and start kicking and screaming and crying for 10 minutes. Oh, that's a long time. Then they removed their shoes and started kicking their feet. At least he took his shoes off. <laughs> their dad then bought them a cookie, because obviously a tantrum of that size needs one. They're still there, but I have decided to leave the shop and take my 20 minutes, but it's quieter now, and I have a headache from a cold, and I'm not in the mood to deal with this. I hate people. It's <laughs> Extra. Oh yeah, the shop is also located in a group of tunnels, so it's uh, so every noise is amplified. Damn.
1: Ten minutes of ran- oh, ranting and raving, huh? Yes, uh, a little three or four year old throwing a tantrum. Please, I've I've heard all that at uh my store. Yeah, they will fucking wail like a banshee. You <laughs> keep the walls vibrating from the screams. You're just like, oh god! If you had I had, it- I had one screaming so much. That the mom was so embarrassed they left midline without buying anything. Cause he was fucking hollering. <laughs> like they were branding him or something. God, that bad. He's like <clears throat> <clears throat> Good Lord. Was wailing at the top of his lungs. Yeah, that's that's
0: ridiculous. That's that's kids for you. Too much so. So, again, if you have a kid that you know is going to yell, don't take him into a tunnel and buy a cookie. Just grab that belt. Exactly. Just I'll give
1: you something to yell. About. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that to kids now. Yes, I can. <laughs> no, I'd never hit my kid. But then again, I'd be... Uh, uh, never ne- never say never. Man, just, just walk him on the outside of a pond or something. Aren't you the one that smacked your cousin? I slapped him in the face. <laughs> but, hey, he's not my kid. How is he? So fuck that motherfucker! You, <laughs> slap the shit out of him. Man, you want me his shit again? He tried to hit my dog, so I to slap him in the face. <laughs> so that's funny. So that's a good parenting. <laughs> <Not>, I guess <laughs> my dog was a parrot.
0: No, that was your kid. I guess technically, yeah. So that's your kid. You smacked
1: the person that was attacking your kid. It wasn't even that hard. I fucking, I barely tapped him, but he still will. He didn't. fucking overreacted like a bitch. <laughs> See? I already knew it. So I got to stuff him in the top of the, the top fucking, uh, he's very, he was small. So I got to stuff him in the top of the toilet, uh, his tank. and <laughs> just left him there. <laughs> if I folded him in the right way, <laughs> I'd find him like three weeks later. Cause <laughs> the toilet got clogged. <laughs> All right. Anything else said before we head out tonight? Um, how dare you assume I speak English? Exactly. Said in perfect English. Exactly. It's the funniest line I've heard in a long time. I'm going to use that. To How study. dare you assume my speech? <laughs> like, bitch, what am I supposed to assume? <laughs> what am I supposed to do?
0: People are stupid. Just very, very stupid. But with that, we will see you guys on the next one.